0: Well, amen, and good morning, everybody. Good morning, church. How are we doing? I want to welcome also, uh, welcome all of our guests that are here with us today. Uh, what an awesome time to see people get baptized in the name of Jesus. Amen? It's like a punch in the face to the devil right now. Like, I just, bow, take that, buddy. 17 people today said yes and went public with their faith. And we, we congratulate them. That's, I don't know if you remember, but just two weeks ago, what was it? Two weeks ago, we baptized 27. So I, I would say God is moving in the hearts of people. Come on, somebody. Give God glory. Hallelujah. And then I want to welcome all of you watching online right now, tuning in from wherever you are all over the world. I know that you have this opportunity, and I just pray most importantly that God's presence would move right into your house onto your phone wherever you're watching from I hope that before we we get off this broadcast that God would touch your life and the word of God would come alive amen can we just welcome everybody watching online right now thank you for tuning in today amen amen so we're in a series called what's next what's next this is the second week And uh, we'll continue with it next week. But that's the question that I think that everyone should be asking themselves on their spiritual journey. What's next for me, God? And I think a lot of people are are trying to figure out what that is. And uh, I think one of the most, uh, probably the most biggest question that we get and what I hear from people is, what is God's will for my life? What is God's will? Because people are struggling to figure that out. What is really my purpose in life? And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't take me long. I talked to a young person this week that doesn't even go to our church, but a young man and uh, I know his parents and they asked me to call him. And, and really that's what, what I talked to him about. I'm like, he's trying to figure out what life is all about, struggling in some areas and at this age, not even really having, not even happy with life. And I'm thinking, man, you're so young. But a lot of people are struggling with hope. What's next? What's for me? What, what does God have for me? And, and so that's a question that we, show, even if you're a longtime Christian, you, sometimes we can settle. 25, 30 years going to church, you can get settled and not see what God is trying to do next in your life. So it's not just for new people, this is for everybody. How many know that as long as you're breathing, that God is always wanting to work in you and through you and has a purpose for your life. So how do I know that? Look at Proverbs 29:18. This is our theme verse for this series, 29:18. There's many different versions of this, but it says, if people can't see what God is doing, in other words, if you don't have clarity or maybe you're not even paying attention to it at all maybe you're not it's not even a concern to you what god's doing he said here 's what happens if you're not clear you don't know what's next for you, they stumble all over themselves. let me tell you something if you it, this word vision is uh the Greek word is chazon. And here's what happens. When you don't have any vision of what God is doing, we, it, your life turns to an anarchy. In other words, you become self-governed. In other words, you have your own thoughts. And, and what it leads to is no submission to any kind of authority in your life. And so it leads to you it, uh, living a life that you choose, and it turns out chaotic there's confusion look at our world right now you want to know why our world is in such confusion right now because they don't have any vision for god they don't have any understanding of what it's all about and and and, and here's what i see and 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 i'm going to speak from my heart today is this okay i'm on i mean look i i'm going to love on you but i'm going to speak truth but the problem is now we're breeding generation after generation of no God in the household. Listen to me, some of you at home are wondering why your life is confusion and maybe you came from a household that was confused and, and chaotic and, or, or a broken home. Let me tell you something, when you take God's vision for people's lives out of the household, out of the culture, out of the nation, it breeds confusion and chaotic. And that's where we are right now. So you've got to understand God has a vision, not just for this church, but for your life. And we talked about that last week. Amen. It says, but when they attend, pay attention or they know what he reveals. In other words, if you could see what God sees in your life. If you can see what God is looking at when he looks at you and what he, he's revealed you, and you begin to get an understanding of the spiritual journey that he has for you and, and that he's outlined for you, it says, then you'll, you're more blessed. I don't know about you, but I would rather be blessed than chaotic. Anybody else? In other words, I'm, when I say blessed, some people automatically go to financial blessing. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about contentment in your life. I wake up full of joy every morning knowing my purpose. I wake up knowing that my God is with me and it's without a doubt he's going to use me today. And without a doubt, that's called blessed. Blessed. Living with the joy and the peace of God in my life, no matter what the circumstances are going on around my life, no matter what I walked in with. I don't know about you, but there's always things going to go wrong. There's things that don't go my way. There's, you know, my kids don't always act right. There's sometimes I just want to, I just want to, you know, I don't want to tell you what I want to do. Yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah. But I wake up knowing that, God, you've got your hand on our lives. And you've got your hand on their lives. They've been dedicated to you just like we did last week. We gave them to you, Lord. And, Lord, we pray over them, God, that you I prayed this morning for my kids. Lord, open up their eyes to spiritual things. Open up their eyes that this is, life is bigger than just about what they're doing and what they're seeing. That you planned them and had a purpose before we, they were ever born. Amen. So bless. Somebody say bless. But here's what I see, even in the body of Christ. So many Christians are settling for less than what Jesus paid for. And I, there's reasons for it, and I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But we're really settling for less. And all I want in this whole series for you, all I want is you to begin to grasp hold of the life, this amazing life that your God has for you. Come on, how many want an amazing life? Like, you want to wake up with an amazing, this is, no matter what's going on around you, God created you for this time, amen? Look, David says it this way, and he understood the pathway that God was calling him to. Psalm 1611, he says, you show me the way of life. There's a way. Everybody say the way. There is a way, there's a path. He said, granting me the joy of your presence. This is, in other words, this is how you know when you're living the life that God called you to live. There is joy in the presence of God. You're driving in your car, and you just got this contentment of and you love being in the presence of God. Why do we worship like we just did? There's joy and there's strength and there's healing and there's freedom when you are experiencing the presence of God. Some of you just thought it was your emotions. Uh-huh. think, don't want no one to see me, what's going on? No, that's the Holy Spirit. Man, he's trying to deal with your heart. Just open up and receive his love. I mean, it's, it would be like your parent coming up to you, you know, and kids when they turn teenagers, they just don't like it. But I, I'd go up to my boys even, just, just hug them in front of people, like, and kiss on their cheek, and they're like, <laughs> you know, but they love it. That's what our Heavenly Father's doing right now. Don't be so, men, don't be so manly what you think is manly that you don't open up and allow the Holy Spirit to deal with your heart. And I'll say that to every lady in the house, too. Let them love on you. Because what you don't realize, what Liz said, in the presence of the Lord is where we receive our freedom and healing and everything. It's supernatural. Amen, somebody? So we talked about last week what that journey looked like. Remember, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I just want to remind you, this is the vision of our house. This is God's vision for your life, and there's steps that you need to take. And this is revealed all throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. You can find this in Scriptures. All we did was take it and word it where it was easy for you to remember. And the first step for your life that God has for you, the vision that he has is for you, number one, is what? No God. Somebody was listening. Praise God. Those in growth track, they 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 heard it again Tuesday night, so they ought to be real good at this. That's the first step. If you if you don't, and when I say no God, I'm not talking about know God up here. I'm talking about knowing God from in here. I'm not talking about the church you grew up in and went through religion and went through a routine and and that was that was what you related God to and then went went about your business and did the rest of the week. I'm talking about where there's a personal relationship with God. And so then once we know God, the only way you can take the next step is take the first step. But the next step that has to happen in your life is what? Step two. Come on, say it. Come on, say it again. That is a beautiful time when you discover freedom and break some chains off of your life. And next week, I'm going to spend my whole message is going to be talking about finding freedom. So you don't want to miss it. Some of you need to be set free from some past in your life, from some unforgiveness, from some anger issues. I said from some anger issues, from some anger issues, from some impatient issues, from some sin that keeps coming back over and. You need. How many you want to be set free? I mean, there's something that you wish you could let go of. You know your life would be better without it. Amen. Then once you begin to discover the freedom that Christ has given to you, and you put on his righteousness, the Bible says. In other words, he just took you and made you right. You couldn't do it on your own. Then you can take the next step in your journey, which is what? Discover, discover purpose. purpose. That's what we're trying to get to, right? What's next? And we're going to spend more time on that today because I want to I want to talk more about discovering your purpose. But let's go ahead and get to the last thing so we we what's the first one? First step, second step? Third step. So that we can make a difference with our lives. Bring glory to God with our everyday lives. That's what God has called us to do. People are always struggling. What's God's purpose? I just gave it to you. I just put it in simple terms. The Bible talks about it. We always think, well, it's going to be, you know, I'm waiting for this thing to fall out of the sky and the door to open, and it's just going to be this amazing thing, and I'm going to be living on the beach somewhere and ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it has to have three houses. (laughs) No. God put the plan together so no matter where you live, no matter how old you are. Are y'all hearing me? We're, we're waiting for this specific thing to happen. And God's going, no, you're missing the point. Because I'm going to develop you through it all. But this is the plan. This is the will of God for your life. To know me in such a way. That you will discover the freedom that I have given you through the cross of Jesus Christ. And that you'll begin to live your purpose. Because I've given you your unique giftings and passions and, and all these things that I created you for. So that you can make a difference. Not just for yourself. Make a difference eternally for the kingdom of God. I'm talking to somebody in this room. See, some of you don't even believe that right now. You can't even see that far. That's why I'm teaching this series. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So I want to focus on the discovering purpose part today. And we're going backwards because last week we started with making a difference because I wanted you to see the end, like the goal. Like here's the goal is to make a difference with your life, and I wanted you to see that. Now we're going to work ourselves backwards, and today I want to talk about discovering purpose because statistically, this is where most people get stuck. This one and finding freedom. Those two are the most. Matter of fact, 87% of the body. This blew my mind this week. 87% of the body of Christ still don't know what their purpose is. I said 80. That means 87% of y'all in this room don't even know what God has for your life. That bothers me. That bothers me. That would be like 80 you imagine 80% of my body didn't know what its purpose was. That's a scary thought right there. Uncontrolled. You're supposed to pump the blood. No, you're supposed to pump the blood. I don't know. You know, I mean. We laugh. That's exactly what's happening to the body of Christ. What's happened? Uh, most people don't even know what God's called them to do. Don't even know your purpose. And so, because of that, it causes the body of Christ to be in a, ineffective. I'm not criticizing you. I'm telling you how the devil works to steal your life away and get your mind somewhere else and steal your kids and their future and what's going on and what's being taught in the house and what's being taught in our schools. Hello, somebody. Are y'all putting this together? It's a demonic, this is not man, it's demonic spirits behind everything that is trying to distort yes. God's plan. Now, how many of you know these already been defeated? But somebody, you don't know until you've been taught, like, this is what I was supposed to do. That's the motto I want around here. I, I mean, we, I want to get T-shirts made. Y'all hearing? y'all listen to me, whoever's making T-shirts around here. Brooke, whoever you are. I want to get t-shirts that says, I was made for this. And I want you to wear it with confidence. When somebody asks you, what you was made for what? You talk about time to witness. You say, Well, I never get to witness to anybody. Well, I'm just giving you away right there. Natural question. Hey, when, when we just wear our t shirts, one I didn't, I forgot to wear today. It's where's Eric? Eric, where are you hiding at? I knew he wouldn't. There he is back there. You better run. Come on, Eric. Come on. Run. Eric got it going on, y'all. So he didn't even know he was going to be a part of my message today. You can just come stand right here. Get right here so they can get a good camera. But I forgot my shirt. today. I forgot we even had this shirt. But I want you to stand right here, turn around, put the camera on him, and see what his shirt says. Anybody can get up close. Get up close. Can we get a... What does it say? Oh, come on, somebody. Yeah, you wore the right shirt today. I was like, I got to get that shirt. So, y'all might see me wear it next week. I'm gonna wear black again, y'all. We're black again. Right now, it just says CLC Church. You know what I'm saying? All right, so let me give you the reason the body is struggling. Because we, we, you have to understand, you know, anytime you deal with a problem, you have to understand what the problem is before it can be dealt with, right? So, let's go to the scriptures, Romans 12 2. It's part, some of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. Yeah, I I love it because I know this is part of my purpose to preach this. But Romans 12 says, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Let that settle in. Because the world is not after God's purpose. And what's happening is we, without even thinking about it sometimes, just go along. We just go along with what everybody else is doing because the truth is, is if you stand up for what God says, it goes completely against the culture. Why are they trying to shut everything Christian down? I hope government watches this message. I hope leaders that are anti-God watch this message. Do you see the chaos And the horror that you are bringing on our households. God has a plan for your life and this ain't it. It's better. I don't know who's watching. But listen, we get sucked right into it. And the world is in pursuit of something, but what happens? They keep pursuing things, but come up empty. There's no fulfillment. That's why we have all this stuff going on in our world right now. That's why we have hatred and violence and murders and stealing and just nasty stuff between people and Are you hearing what I'm saying? People trying to destroy each other and put you on a side. And Before you know it, they done sucked you into a side. And let me tell you something. There's not my side and your side and their side. It's only God's side. That's the only side we should be a part. It's not what you believe and what they believe. No, it's not what you think and what they think. No, it's what God thinks. That's the problem. That's why we were united as one in Christ Jesus. Black, red, yellow, white, they are precious in his sight. Doesn't matter. we got to stop all that mess. I'm coming against the devil against that in the name of Jesus and an army of believers that believe in the power of the Holy Spirit moving in their lives and discovering their purpose will stand up and share love to the world and love to the world. Don't believe like you believe. Love those who don't look like you look like. And we just spit in the devil's face. Come on, praise God for that right now. I want to hear you praise God. That's your purpose. Lord, we give you glory. I'm telling you, when we live like that, we bring glory to the Father. When we live like that, it's worship unto the Father. And the presence of God overwhelms our life. Love flows out of your pores. That's why Jesus said the most important, love God, love people. What was happening, all those in control were trying to get him to fit in. And they, was, they didn't even know how to answer that. Like, love God love uh, Okay. It's kind of like when people come to me, you know, and I, I, I mean, I'm in a position of leadership, so I get criticized, I'm, you know, I, I do. I mean, I, I, I used to struggle with it when I first got into ministry, but I realized, you know what, not everybody's going to believe like I believe. Not everybody's going to be in agreement with me. And I've had people come and, you know, tell me, you know, we're going to leave the church and it's because this and that and this, and that. it'll be something personal maybe sometimes towards me. And, and I'll just look at them and I'll say, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if, if you feel that way. Please pray for me that I would be better. And, but what they're looking for is a response from me. Now, I'm not saying I ain't felt that on the inside, But they don't even know how to respond to that. I'm praying, God, I know inside that I'm not that, and I'm, I'm, I know that. But if I am, correct me. Or, you know, yeah, that's a whole other story. So... That's the customs of the world. But the Bible says this. But let God, here's a little word, what does it say? Transform. You've seen the movie Transformers. Transform. Transform what? transform your mind in other words your way of thinking you were brought up where you were brought up and some of you you can sit here and tell your story that you thought a certain way because of the neighborhood you lived in yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. right, right? You, and let me uh, let me get real down to earth. some of you have been christians all your life and you thought a certain way because yeah. yeah. that's the church you went to not that it was all bad, but that was your only perception of God. And the thing is, is, when you travel, if you get to travel and experience the world and go to different cultures, it'll, it'll actually, actually help you. Because we have the American church, and then there's everybody else's. You go on a mission trip. I remember Dominican Republic. I was going to stay with a missionary and I had in my mind a perception of what it was going to be. And all I knew was America's church and my home church. Until so I got there and there's no air conditioner in the house I stand in. And if you ever been to the Dominican Republic, it's hot. And I brought a suit to go to church. And in the first two days, people broke into that missionary's house and stole all of my clothes, including my underwear, and left theirs there. I ain't lying. I'm already calling the airport looking for a flight back. I hadn't even started anything yet. My drawers are gone. There ain't no Walmart down the street. think about it, but I stayed, borrowed clothes, and we went to a, I thought we was going to a church building, and here we arrive, and we it started getting real smelly, we're riding, a no matter of, you know, cars, there's no AC, no nothing, we're, it, all I could smell was this stench, like, oh, Lord, help us, <laughs> and I realized that all of a sudden, we're actually driving into a dump, like a, a city dump. And we get out there, and sure enough, church, first of all, people are, are living out there. Like they, they have little shelters set up and whatever they could find to build their shelter. And, and you'd look at the poles and the electricity poles, and there'd just be wires like, like a cobweb just running off, running to, uh, to give them up one light in their shelter. And... That I found out now why the electricity kept going off every hour, because the, it was such they were people were going and plugging into the electricity, and a lot of people were getting electrocuted during the process, just so they could have one light bulb in their shelter. And so I'm seeing all this, and so I, I, having that you know, I'm going, what is go- God? I am not a missionary. What is going <laughs> on? Thank you, Jesus. We get out there, and we get on top of the hill. And it's not natural hill. It is a hill of trash. And they had a little tent set up. And all of a sudden, these guys showed up, and they, I mean, one guy had a guitar, and it had, like, three strings on it. And another guy showed up and with some boxes to beat on. And, and I, I'm, I had no idea. And they started playing, and then... People showed up, and they started singing, and they're just getting with it, like. Yeah, and and all of a sudden, it was like all these voices, there's a group of people. And then these people just started walking up the hill, like coming from everywhere, coming from the city, coming from the dump, all gathered. And And before you know it, I turn around, I look around, and I could not see the end. And they're just singing. I fell to my face and wept because it changed my perception of God and church and that wasn't my first mission trip there's other ones I've been to and I realized God is so much bigger than the USA he's bigger than Champion Life Center while you're sitting right here in a nice air conditioned room listen to a pastor and you're like I wish you'd hurry up so I could go to lunch and they're sitting there going give me more give me more Give me more. We ain't ate all day anyway. We ain't ate in three days, matter of fact. But we want spiritual food. It's the only hope we got to hang on to. I'm telling you, you got to get a bigger picture. Transform your mind the way you think. That's my job is to help transform your thinking so that you can begin to see clearly what God has for you. Come on. Tell me somebody. Amen. Amen. So we're the... I think the best place to start is to tell you where the problems are. Number one, it's just confusion. That means that you just don't know what it is. People don't know what it is. And, and, and our young folks sure don't know what it is because we're so caught up in social media and ourselves and what we're doing and all that kind of stuff. Golly, I wish I could just take you on a trip with me because your life would be so much better if you had meaning and purpose. Amen. But it's just confusion. People just don't know. And that's why I'm here, because if 87% of the body of Christ don't know their purpose, that's a problem. Here's the other one, comparison. This is the enemy of your purpose. You don't see your purpose because you're too focused on everybody else. You're too focused on what you don't have and they have and how you need to work on yourself to get to that point. Social media will mess up your life. I said social media. Some of you, if you just take a fast for a month right now and come back and see me, and quit, quit looking at social media and start reading a devotion and pray every day and watch what God transformed your life. Not against social media. Y'all are watching on social media, and we praise God for it. But any tool can be used for good or bad. And we start comparing ourselves, looking at what they have, what kind of life they have. They, oh, they, their marriage, and, uh, and all the ladies are like their hair. Oh my God, their hair! Look what they're their money they have. Oh, their body. And I got news for you, that ain't what they look like either. That's their highlight role. Don't be letting it lie to you. I mean, preachers do this. I mean, we're like, I mean, we're like, we try to imitate. T.D. Jakes. Like, ain't nobody can preach like T.D. Jakes. Come on, I've tried. Get ready, 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 get ready. Hey! I wish I could teach like him, but I gotta be James Green. Or we wanna be as nice as Joel Osteen. This is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I love you. Hallelujah. Today you'll be taught the Word of God. I know, Joel, so y'all don't worry about it, okay? The Osteen is one of the most powerful, influential families of our generation. Doty dedicated this building. John Osteen used to preach for us over in the other building. Don't you let, see, don't you let society and social media start. That, you know what? Joel wins more new people to the body of Christ than any other preacher in the world. In the world. But he's the most criticized as well. Well, I just don't like his preaching, Bash? I just don't like. It's not your, it maybe his gift is different than yours. I, I learned that real closely when I, I, I know I'm giving, Joel, I'm giving you props today. I hope you watch. <laughs> I sat next, I was flying on an airplane, sat next to somebody, uh, and they had Joel, one of Joel's books. And I didn't say anything, you know, and we, after a while we had a little conversation, and, uh, and um, I said, well, I noticed you're reading Joel Osteen's book. She goes, yeah. She said, she said you know, my son sent this to me in the mail he lives in texas and i live i don't can't remember where she lived she said but he was not a church goer not a believer and he started going to this joel Osteen's church and he read this book and he is a different person and she said so he sent me the book and i've been reading it about halfway through and she's got tears in her eyes she goes it's changing my life and i thought right then that's joel's purpose we'd stop criticizing each other and start focusing on winning people to Jesus, we'd get our eyes off of other preachers, amen? So get get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. You'll always be miserable if you keep comparing yourself to somebody else. I'm going to tell you right now, get your own portion. God has a portion for you. It's your, come on, reach out and get it. It's your portion. And here's the real reason people struggle Pursuing a purpose, and it's because they're looking for something, a, a purpose that's counterfeit. In other words, it's not the real purpose. You thought it would be your education. you thought it would be your career. You thought it would be there's nothing wrong with those things, by the way, but you were looking like for complete fulfillment. If I just had that kind of money, if I made that kind of money, how many of you know in here if you've had some success financially that it's great and it pays the bills and it does some good things, but it does not complete your inward being? Young people listen to me. You're like, because I have to tell my kids. I mean, I, my youngest son, he's like, man, I'm going to make some money. When I make money, when I make money. I said, son, it's not, life's not about money. I, I appreciate, hey, look, I love investing. I have other things I do outside this church. It's all great and good, but it does not give me my purpose. If anything, it's a tool. I said it's a tool. Oh, hallelujah. There's more preaching this than what I thought. No, you don't fall for the counterfeit. You have to understand God's purpose For your life. Do you know that he created you? Specifically? Like you have a purpose. Matter of fact, you are uniquely wired. uh, The scripture says you are his workmanship. Created by Christ Jesus. Look at uh, Psalm 139. I, I want you to see this for a minute. It says, for you created my inmost being. In other words... You have things that matter to you and don't matter to you. Who made you like that? Who made you think the way you think, like feel like, I mean, look, there's certain foods I like that Debbie doesn't like. I've tried. I tried to get her to eat some sushi last night, and she about puked all over me. I mean, I, she's, I have to give it to her. She, I mean, we've been married a long time, but and I said, "No, you can't just eat part of it. But you can't. Do, you got whole thing." And boy, she did. It was just like, Ooh. I'm telling off on her now. All I'm telling you is that God made your inwardmost being and how you think, how you feel. He says, "You knit me together in my mother's womb." and david says i praise you that i'm fearfully and wonderfully made so many people wake up and have so much self-hate i just don't like who i am i don't like the way i look i don't like this about myself and be critical of yourself and just beat yourself to death before you ever step in the world and let the world beat you up even more we need some self-love God made you exactly, wonderfully made you who you are. I mean, he created you. He made you for a purpose. Amen. And he says, uh, your works are wonderful and I know it. I want you to know it. I want you to know it. I'm trying to help somebody know. Anybody? And then he goes on to say, he said, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were already written. In your book, before one of them came to be. So, you thought your life just started the day you were born. Mm mm. Mm mm. God already planned you way, way before time was ever even created. That's how unique and special you are. That's what we try to do through Growth Track that we started this week, which, by the way, had a full class Tuesday night of new people. It amazing! Look, if you miss step one, too bad. You're going to have to wait like two months. But it'll be special. Amen? I want you to say this with me. God's design in me reveals God's destiny in me. Say it again. God's design in me reveals God's destiny in me. All right, I'm going to finish this up with four ways that I've seen in the Bible that God calls us. The first one is what I call a call from birth. A call from birth. Like early on in your life, you just sensed, I was supposed to do this. Anybody ever felt that? I mean, matter of fact, you'll talk to some people and they'll say, I don't remember when. I just know since I was young. I've always felt this. Anybody? Anybody? I just felt this passion for this thing whatever and this is what I am supposed to do and then problems begin to happen and life begin to happen and maybe marriage happen and then kids and more kids begin to happen and for many of you you felt like you have traveled way so far away from what that calling on your life was that you can't get back to it but the Bible says that the Bible the, the call of God on your life is irrevocable That's a promise. I don't care how young or how old you are. It is irrevocable. It is without repentance, my friend. If God called you to do something, it's still there. It may be dormant. You may have to do some digging to dig it up. But I'm trying to help you get a shovel out this morning and start digging because you know. That late night when you were as a kid, I I, I mean, I had them late at night when you felt the presence of God moving in your room. You weren't sure what it was, but you knew you were supposed to do something, and there was a passion on the inside of you, and you just shut it down, and it's been 20 years. Time to dig it up. It's a calling, and the best example I can tell you of that is Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah. He said in uh, chapter 1, verse 5, he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And by the way, that's one of the many reasons that we are pro-life in this church. That's why we believe and defend the unborn in this church. And you can clap or not clap all you want to, but that scripture right there already tells me you weren't just a blob tells me that God already knew and had his mind on you before your parents were even born themselves. He had already planned you. And you don't go messing with the manufacturer or the creator that had a plan for somebody's life. I'm sorry. See, this is the world's culture that we are fighting against. You don't go messing with God's creation. I'm sorry. I got got kind of quiet on that one. See how we get hmm hallelujah i just thought he says before you were born am i reading the scripture see here's the problem we want only the scriptures that apply to me that work for me you can't do that like i said a while ago there's my way there's your way there's the world's way then there's god's way are you going to be a Christian? Are you going to stand up? And, and are you hearing me? How can you ever live under the blessing of God if you're not following His word? Amen. You can't live like the world and expect God to bring His blessing and joy in your life. No, it's going to be chaotic. He said, I'm coming back for a bride. He was pure. Man, that's a whole other message. I got to keep moving. Praise God. He said, I appointed you as a prophet. To the nations say that to somebody today I appointed you God appointed you look at him no tell him. I want you to know God appointed you I'm telling that to somebody God appointed you are you hearing me some of you are running for it, and you have an appointment on your life you have a divine calling on your life and he goes on to say this he said uh, uh, David said sovereign Lord I do not know how And that's what many of us are saying, well, okay, but I don't know how. He's saying, I don't know how to speak. That's the way I felt when I felt the calling of God to preach in my life. I'm like, no. I can't speak. I hid behind the drums for years, and I loved it. I could just, you know, they're real close now, but I just have symbols everywhere so you can't even see me, but I'm playing over there for Jesus. And the whole time, God would be speaking to my heart, and Dad would think it was his preaching. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, But God be speaking, and tears running down my face because I'm feeling the call of God on my life, but I'm like, I can't speak in front of people. No, 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 no. Here I am. God will give you everything you need. Am I perfect? No i am not perfect but i have a passion and i know my purpose and i'm gonna stand and keep doing it I'm, and keep preaching the word of god and keep reaching people and keep baptizing people for jesus christ there is never no, not a better feeling than that amen and then he says i'm too young and that's what some of us are doing. You start disqualifying yourself before you ever get off the ground. I, I, just, I, I can't do that. I, can't, I don't have the education. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the know how. That's not in my personality. Stop it! And Jesus or God tells them, You must go to everyone I send to your and say, whatever I command you, don't be afraid. I'm here to tell somebody you got to prophesy over yourself sometimes. And and two weeks ago when we had those students up here, I felt the anointing of God so strong, I just started walking amongst them. And God was giving me a word for some of those young people. And I started prophesying over their future right then. Because you know what? If I don't tell them, the devil's going to speak something else. The world's going to speak something else. Mom and dad, if you don't prophesy over your kids, everybody else is going to tell them what they are and who they need to be and what they need to act like what they need to dress like no you need to stand up and pray over your kids even if they just stand there and act like nothing's happening I prophesy you over you, son. You are a child of God. You have been appointed. You have been called to reach the nations. You are called to do something for Jesus Christ. You have a purpose in your life. Devil, get your hands off my child. I'm telling you, every every child that's in that room over there right now, I pray our children's workers will see it when it's time to say, hey, you know what, child of God, I believe God's got a plan for you. And he's going to use you. Come on, children's workers. Go ahead and speak over their lives prophesy my god i gotta hurry how else how else do we see in the bible where there's a calling well i call it a growing awareness okay a growing awareness in other words discovering your purpose becomes incremental in other words it's like a series of events that leads to your purpose You're saying, "Well, I didn't have that like since I was young. I, I I didn't even. We didn't even go to church. I wouldn't even. I didn't even acknowledge that there was a God." But here you are sitting, and maybe there's some things that have happened over the period of your life. Uh, This in Joseph in the Bible. This is a perfect example. Here's what God gave him: one dream. Gave him a dream. He sees the whole nation in this dream bowing down to him, and then his brothers bowing down to him and then he's so dumb he goes and tells them this dream and so they hate him for yeah that's dummy big dummy how many of you know god can have his hand on your life you can be anointed and still be dumb i always say i'm one step away from stupid because you're human Oh, you, you better than that? Praise God. I pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. You perfect person. You need to be delivered from perfection. Self-righteous. But here's Joseph. They get mad. They, so they throw him in a pit, try to kill him. He didn't die, so then they sell him into slavery. Then he ends up, he's in Egypt, and, you know, and he's, everything's going good until, you know, the king's wife comes and tries to make out with him. And he denies her, and then he go, she goes and tells the king, oh, he's, he's messing with me. So then they throw him in prison for the majority of his adult life. Think about this. This is not happening over a few days. We're talking about years. Now notice, he's called by God, but everything in his life seems to be going away from God. He's called by God, but everything in his life seems to be going the other direction anybody ever experienced called by God but it doesn't seem like it. I felt called by God but my life just has not gone the way I thought it was going to go. And what you find out at the end of Joseph's story is God used what looked like wrong turns to be redeemed for something that could only happen had he had all those wrong turns. Oh, somebody, somebody, you know your life. You had things happen. You've got some things in your life. You got some baggage. You got some shame. You got some sin. You got some things in your past. You got some mistakes. And you know though something was in you probably since you were little that you knew that somebody took you to church, but you're thinking now, man, I don't I, there's no way I can fulfill my purpose. But all those wrong turns have been there on purpose so that God could work the good for his glory. Good and the bad. And that's somebody in this room, I'm here to tell you, because God's called you, the thing that you overcame and or maybe you're going through and that you're going to overcome, God will turn it and use it for the kingdom of God to help somebody else that's going exactly through what you're going through right now. And that's your purpose. That's why you see people that uh, work in, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever. they were former alcoholics. You know why? They found their purpose. When they've been delivered and set free themselves, they want to help somebody else do it, somebody that's hooked up been hooked on drugs in the past usually end up in that industry of helping people why because it's a calling on their lives they know what happened to them and how good it feels to find their purpose i'm telling you somebody you think that your life has gone too far and you made too many wrong turns and too many mistakes i deny that right now in the name of jesus jesus delivered you wiped the slate clean he didn't go to the cross for some of your sins he went for all of them Praise God! Come on, somebody ought to shout right now for the deliverance that you have received. I'm preaching good, amen. Pat myself on the back. Woo! At the end of his life, Joseph, he's in Egypt now. He's second in charge. He had done some mighty things to save up for the the people, the food for the people to save their lives. There was a famine that was coming to the land, and God used his purpose. And here at the end, his brothers come walking into Egypt. They're starving to death. They don't recognize him because he's in all of his, he looks like an Egyptian now. Walk like an Egyptian. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember that. And he looked at them and he said, You intended to harm me. See, you thought that divorce, you thought that mistake, you thought that bankruptcy, you thought that shame was going to derail you. No, no, no. He says, But God intended it for, come on, say it, for good. To what? To accomplish what is now being done, which is what? My God! Do you realize that is the purpose of your life? Mm-mm-mm-mm. And none of it could have happened if you had not had what looks like wrong turns in your life. Isn't that good? Point is, is don't misinterpret what you're going through. Y'all, y'all still with me? I'm 1125, man, I know y'all ready to go. Just pretend you ain't in the USA today. <laughs> pretend you don't have nothing to go home to. Can you do that? Because the body needs to be fed. We, we can't have this quick bacon shake and send me home. Look, we're just going to fast for another few minutes. Can we do that, my Lord? We could all use it. God told me to stop worrying about how long I'm preaching right now because the, the, the body's starving to death. And if I only got an hour with you a week, my God, come on. How many hours did you watch Netflix this week? Oh, some of you say, I don't watch TV. You better get down here and repent. Here's the third way God speaks. If, if, hey, if somebody is telling me how God talks to us, I want to wanna know. Here's the third way I see in the Bible, and I call it walking through open doors. Open doors. In other words, God reveals his purpose when you take a step through an opportunity. God opens doors that no man can shut, the Bible says, and he shuts doors that no man can open. So when you see an opportunity and wonder what's on the other side, you'll never know until you step through the door. And the best example I have in the Bible of this is Queen Esther. Queen Esther was an adopted young lady. She came from a broken family. See, we all think if you read the Bible stories, you realize how jacked up these families are. We think the Bible doesn't relate to us. Oh, I beg to differ. She comes from a broken family, her parents had died, and get this, she is a Jewish, beautiful young lady living in a Babylonian culture. And some of of you, that may not mean anything too, but the Babylonian culture was anti-God, exactly what we're living in right now. Like, very bad. And so she's living in this culture, and she's considered a misfit. And the king at that time, he was a pagan king, and he, at that time he wanted to show off his wife to, to the people at a dinner party. And so uh, he goes and tells her, I want you to get dressed up. I'm going to show you off. And she said, I don't think, you think so. You're not going to parade me around like that. And so he says, oh, really? You're fired. You're no longer the queen. He let her go. He got rid of her. So then he decides to have this beauty pageant and really he's in a search of another queen well Esther if you read the Bible says she had unmatchable beauty she was a beautiful lady and she goes and enters this pageant and she wins of course he picks Esther and he makes her his new queen now at the same time you know this king is not good and he has this guy in his cabinet that is trying to kill all the Jews and by the way, it still hasn't stopped. I want you to see that. That's why we are for Israel, the Jewish nation. That's God's people. There's a, it's a demonic spirit. We, we, we always blame it on a leader, leader, leader. No, it's a demonic spirit trying to kill God's people. It's not changed. It's not going to change. It's written in the Bible. It's all there for you to see, the history and the future. Pray for Israel. This little bitty nation in the Middle East that is powerful because God's hand is on them. Just thought I'd add that in there. Amen. If you don't believe in the Bible, man, it's fun to read because you start seeing it. it, It's all there. It's all there. So where was I? So, yeah, Esther, Esther. So anyway, he makes her queen. And this guy was trying to kill all the Jews. So the, the, the uncle of Esther comes to her and says, hey, don't miss this opportunity. You were planned on purpose to be in this position with a pagan king at this time. Here you are, you're Jewish even. But God has placed you there. You are there because you can have a voice in the king's ear. Find it in Scripture, Esther 4.14. It says, for if you remain silent at this time, if you don't walk through this door, everybody's going to die, including you. Well, that's a pretty big threat. If you don't fulfill God's plan on your life and walk through that door, you're going to die. Oh, Jesus. Some of you would be like, oh, Lord. But he says to her, but you have come. You have come to your royal position for such a time as this. <laughs> I want to say to somebody in the room, you were born in the world at this time for such a time as this. You can't go back and say, well, I wish I lived in the 50s. I wish I lived in the 40s. Some of you are saying, I did live in the 50s, Pastor. Yeah. I wish I grew up at this time. No, you are who you are, how old you are right now for such a time as this. That means he has given you every tool, every ability, every tenacity, every strength that you need right now to be effective for the kingdom of God. Wherever he's placed you, wherever your foot tread and walks the ground, but you have to walk through this door. You get one human life to live. Are you going to walk through the door of opportunity right now and say, I'm going to live my purpose? And let me tell you something, it's fun. It's the best life ever. Amen. All right, here's the last one. I'll finish with this. The fourth way I see in the Bible is an encounter with God. Simply said, God speaks. May not be an audible voice from heaven, but... It's undoubtable. I've had some encounters with God and the Holy Spirit in my life that was so impactful, like I can tell you when they were. You say that happens? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This happened to Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. Before he became the Apostle Paul, he was actually Saul. That was his name, and he was killing Christians. I want you to just think about that. He's killing Christians. The Scripture picks up in chapter 9, verse 1, it says, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats. I mean, he's going after him. He went to the high priest, asked him for a contract even, like, "I'm, I'm about to take these Christians out. Matter of fact, he didn't even call them Christians. He said that they belong to the way. Of course, the way was Jesus. He didn't want to even call them what they were. And as he deme- neared Damascus, this is what we call. Sometimes you'll hear preachers talk about the Damascus Road or the Damascus experience. Because here he's traveling on his journey, and the Bible says, suddenly. Come on, somebody say, suddenly. How does a God God encounter happen? Suddenly, you'll be overwhelmed with the presence of God and you'll know, you'll know it. Have you known it? Have you ever experienced that? You had a sudden, I mean, it was undeniable. And he heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Now get up and go. I'm trying to tell somebody this morning. Tell your neighbor, it's time. No, no more playing around. No more playing church, little, you know. No, it's time. It's time for me and my house to be in the service every week. My, me and my family. And it's time for me to step into my destiny. What's next? It's time. It's time. I've had some encounters in my life. I can remember specifically as a young man, maybe 16, 17. At 15 years old, I, I mean, I had felt the call of God on my life, but I started running from it, started running from it. And I wasn't really running from I felt like running from not believing in God. I always believed in God. I just was having a problem with the church stuff. If you grew up around church, you know what I'm talking about. There's church stuff. Like hurt and man and gets in the way of God. And Are you hearing what I'm saying? I saw a lot of things. I, I, I was like, I don't understand that. But anyway, I ran from God. One night, here's the thing. My parents always said, look, you may not want to go to church, but as long as you live in my house, you're going to church. So I respected that. We had Sunday night church then, too. Sunday night revival, you know. You talk about long services. Long. like. It was none of this hour stuff. It was like sing for an hour and a half, preach for an hour and a half, pray in tongues for an hour and a half, whatever had to happen. You know what I'm saying? I was falling asleep as a little kid under the pew. But this Sunday night, I walk in. I walk in late because I want to make sure I'm nice and late. And I sit on the very last row, closest to the exit, where some of you are sitting right now. (laughs) <laughs> Woo! nobody turn around looking at don't embarrass nobody everybody like Ooh. i was like i just ready to, as soon as they said amen at the end pew. so we had a visiting guest and he's speaking he's preaching i don't even know this man i don't know who he is my parents you know had him in and, and, of course, he's prophetic, and he's speaking over people towards the end. And, and that was something I was really conscious of. Like, cause I saw a lot of stuff, like, blowing on people and spitting in their face. And i like, not me. Not me. I'm sorry. You can fall down all you want to, but I saw you yes, uh, next week living like the devil. Anyway, see, I still hold a little bit of that harbor, a little bit of that right there, right there. That's why I want our church to be real, by the way. That's why you're going to get a little bit raw in here, because I don't want that for you. I want you to experience the real deal, not James Green. I want you to experience Jesus. But I'm there. I'm waiting for this dude to get through. He's praying over people. I'm thinking, oh God, oh God, don't you even, don't, I'm. <laughs> he didn't know I was a pastor's kid. Shown up, And he's not even being quiet about it. He's got the microphone. Young man. Yeah, you. And my insides were just No Come here God's got a word for you See you thought I was going to After having this big holy moment To have an encounter with God No I was like no And I'm I mean it's like I'm walking And I'm getting up there And all I can think of Don't you even Don't you Don't you spit on me Don't Don't you mm Mm-mm he goes, come here, right here, right here. He laid his hands on me, and I'm already going. I ain't lying. I'm like, I did not want nothing to do with this guy. He said, son, God's got a call on your life. I don't know who you are. And he didn't. He didn't know I was the pastor's kid, and I'm going to pray over the pastor's kid. He had no clue. He said, God's got a calling on your life, and you know it. But you're running from it. And he began to pray over me. He said, God's given you a vision, and he's going to give you a vision right now so you can get a little glimpse of where you'll be. And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. On the inside, I'm like, just hurry up, get it over with. He starts praying. And I'm going to tell you, in my mind's eye, started seeing myself preaching i'm standing on a stage just like this preaching and that is something i had run from my whole life and immediately i felt this overwhelming power and presence of god like my my whole attitude shifted it was such an encounter and he started saying god's showing you you're on a stage right now before, I mean, he started telling me what I was seeing. And I broke. Because it, it took that to get my attention. That was an encounter with God that I never forgot. And I've had to go back too many, many times and stand on the word. And then he told me, he said, God's going to give you this unbelievable word. Hunger to understand the Word because you will not believe everybody else. You want to know yourself. And from that day forward, I could not get my my eyes off of the Scriptures. And I still, to this day... (laughs) This book right here changed my life. I found Jesus for myself. Not through... Because I was a pastor's kid, I... I grew up in religion, but I wanted a relationship. Had some other encounters in my life at age 25, and because even after that, I still ran. How do you know you can't run too far? Yeah. Driving home from work, y'all've heard this story. Started my own business, even, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have success. I was a young man, young married. And I knew how to work hard. I'm I'm a go-getter, and I was like, this is what it's all about. But I wasn't finding my purpose. And I can tell you exactly where I was. I was on 610 loop, coming from the east, turning on to 45 north. I was gradually getting on, and then there's that overpass right there. It was like my moment, and y'all don't think I'm crazy, but they used to have, here's how I remember exactly where it is. It's funny how God uses stuff. You know how I remember, because on the right side of that, Overpass was a gigantic Miller light sign. Some of you remember that? Like Miller Lite had it for years. <laughs> Don't tell me God can't. If God can use a mule, he can use a Miller light sign, y'all. But that's how I remembered that moment, like specifically the Holy Spirit moved into my truck and began to give me a new light. And I surrendered totally driving home on I-45. You said, oh, I thought it had to be a church service. Nope. Yeah. Usually, he's going to catch you off guard. He's going to have a moment. And you just go ahead and let it happen because you'll be... It's the best feeling in the world. And from that day forward, I said yes to Jesus. And Debbie and I began our journey in ministry, not knowing what we were doing. But we stepped through the door. We had an encounter with God. And we moved forward with our life. And here we are 27 years later. Still ministering the gospel. I'm not here to, it's not about me. I'm here trying to encourage you. It's not just about being a pastor. Everybody's a part of the body. You have your unique gift. God made you just the way you are. And it's time to step through. Amen. Stand to your feet this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, can we get the Lord? Hand clap for the word of God. Every head bowed. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your word today that is powerful, that it's strong. Lord, that pierces through the heart and begins to open our minds to you. I pray that revelation has come today. I pray that vision because you said where there's no vision that people perish we spiritually die I pray the vision of your plan for their life has been started and opened and being being revealed right now at this moment Lord I'm stepping into my purpose this is a time it's such a time as this this is my calling Lord don't let me get stuck whatever it is in the past God use it for your glory if I've been a long time Christian and I've been stuck what do I need to be free from what perception what thinking do I need to get rid of oh God so that I can see what you have called me to do I pray God, it begin to open because Lord knows we need an army of people to reach the community for Jesus Christ. We need an army in here who knows their purpose so they can actually show somebody else. And I pray Lord that our eyes would be enlightened and our ears would be open our perception be clear and that our steps be ordered by the Lord and Lord that you would light up our path direct us Lord. Some of you are looking for direction Right now God let the light go on. Let the light go on. Let there be a hunger for your word begin to rise up in this church community right now God I pray Lord that they would delight in your words and let your anointing fall on their minds and on their mouths and so we see clear and hear clear I'm walking through the door today some of you need to raise your hand and surrender right now and say that's me Lord right now right now God take me I surrender to your will come on I'm surrendering to your plan come on some of you need to surrender to it right now I'm surrendering to your plan Some of you watching online right now, I'm surrendering God to your purpose. He's got a purpose for your life. Receive it. Breathe on them right now. And Jesus' mighty name. Everybody give the Lord a hand clap this morning. If you made the decision today to follow christ and answer that call in your life i want to let you know we have bibles for you um we have the new believers bible and there's a bible plan on the bible app that you can follow with this bible if that's you we've got uh bibles right up here with miss karen miss karen would you wave perfect thank you also um we have life group leadership training if just like pastor james said you've had a call in your life and you've you're ready to take that next step and lead a life group we will have life group leadership training august 28th um so sign up on the app and last but not least if this is your first time here welcome and we uh pastor james and pastor debbie would like to meet you in our vip room which is right out these doors uh to the right so if you would go see them they have a small gift for you and everybody else have a champion week